This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago and beyond, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome at. This is episode 623, and when I say beyond... Tom means trigger warning when he says beyond, because they're going to be talking about uh, birth anomalies, abortion, and rape. So, trigger warning for all. I mean beyond. 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 We are joined today by an abortion provider, Dr. Jessica from Texas. Welcome to the show. Hey there. Hey, hey. Yeah, I'll take a... <laughs> take a snort. Pour me a drink. I'm going to pour you a drink. Jessica. How the day is going to go. Jessica, we want to thank you for coming on the show today. We've always, we've actually, since this show started, now we just said the number 623. 623. Since the show started, we've wanted to talk to somebody who has credentials in this field and who has done this sort of work because what we deal with on this show is a lot of the right wing straw men about abortion. So we're hoping that we can we can talk to you and uh, and clear up a lot of this terrible, terrible misinformation that many conservatives yeah, seem to got, spread. It got to be where like I, I almost considered impregnating my wife just to go in and get an yeah, abortion. Just get the abortion. And then like right? chat the lady up yeah. a little. But I thought maybe <laughs> that'd come off weird. I don't want to be that guy, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we want to thank you for coming on. So we want to talk about SB8 today, um, which uh which is at this point. I think over six months it's been in effect. Uh, can you tell us what it's like to be someone who helps women in that state with this law into effect? Uh, yeah, and thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah, so I am a family medicine physician and then I specialize in abortions. I'm an abortion provider and I'm trained up to 18 weeks. So before September 1st, before this went into effect, um, that's what I had been doing. Um, and then once September 1st hit literally overnight, that was completely changed. And so we've been living in just sort of this hell nightmare since September. Um, I just refer to like, you know, before I tell my patients there were the before times and now we're in the now times, yeah. I guess. I'm so scared. I'm, that phrase is just, it keeps coming up it the really before is. times and I it miss really the before I times too. so much. I do too. So much. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so basically the the terrible thing about the SB8 legislation when it passed is that they set it up so that they essentially made themselves proof for a while against the courts getting involved because it's not technically a criminal law it's a civil law and so or, or penalties you know it's not criminal penalties it's civil penalties it turned it into a vigilante situation where you know basically anyone can sue you for, well, they can't sue the patient themselves for having the abortion, but they can sue the clinic, the doctor, anyone involved in helping the patient get the abortion, like even their family members if they drove them to the clinic. So 
there's like not a lot of exceptions to that rule. And so it's a vigilante thing. And it was set at for any abortions that happen once there is what they say, once there is a fetal heartbeat, which is just right off the bat is like a clear, clear, it's an obvious sign to me that they don't know what they're talking about because we're talking about right around six weeks of pregnancy, around four weeks post-conception. Yes, there. sometimes once you hit six weeks, that's right about the time where there's something called a fetal pole. And then there's this flicker on the screen and it's electrical activity from the cells that are going to make up the heart. And so all the cells start to have electrical activity and these muscles starts to quiver. And that's what we see. Now, once that happens to them, that's it. It's life. It's now more important than you. And that's it. Um, now you have to go out of state, um, to have an abortion and we don't care if you were raped. We don't care if, um, well, we just don't care. We don't care if you're, you know, in your second trimester and you found out that there's some terrible anomaly. Um, so it's my job then to just be the one that stands there and denies patients their rights. So pretty much every day is really, really fucked up. All right. So I've got, I've got a a, a couple of quick questions for you. So I guess I, I didn't realize, I thought it was a six week, but is it, is it based on, it's based on a heartbeat or is it based on a timeline? So it is technically based on the heartbeat. So can I ask a dumb question as a guy who, who doesn't know anything? So, yeah, I mean, is a heartbeat a medically defined scientific term? Like, can you have a heartbeat without a heart? So like at six weeks, you don't have a heart, right? Like I, I don't, I don't want to pick a nit, but I guess like, can we pick a nit here? Right. Like it's the beginning, like cells, I guess that's like, what are we going to like, then we'll have to go in court and argue like, is that a definable scientific term? I mean, that's not what I use. I would say electrical activity at that point. Right. And that's, I guess why I see, I'm seizing on that like term, right? Is like, right. they're saying, and it, you've seen these heartbeat bills in so many other places. And I guess like the pedantic part of me just wonders, I mean, is there a scientific leg to yeah, stand on? Don't you right? have, you don't have a heart yet yeah. at that point, right? The heart has not physically formed. A heartbeat is not something that's actually been defined. So could, could, could it, could you not, I mean, granted, I guess you take this to, you know, judges in Texas. So I guess that's the problem, right? Exactly. Is you're relying on, <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I talked myself right you're the right, fuck out of it. Just like, yeah. nope, that's a waste I, of money. I'm sorry. Out, I'm yeah. too stupid for words. Yeah. I talked myself right wow. out of it because you're just immediately, it's like, well, you have to have a heartbeat. It's like, well, you don't have a heart. So there you go. I mean, yeah. Game set match. Yeah. It's like, Judges in Texas. Okay, I still lose. Don't be confused. There's literally like 50 things about this law that don't even make sense regardless of abortion. Like it doesn't even make sense it, that like you, there's a part of it that says if we one day find out that this law was unconstitutional, but you did something during it, that still counts or like something r- ridiculous. What? Like I remember reading that. That's fucking insane. So you're yeah. not supposed to like, we can't make sense of this because it doesn't make any sense. Maybe you don't know this. Maybe this would take some sort of research. I don't know. But like, what else? What is happening at six weeks? Like, what is what is there at six weeks? So, yeah, that is a little bit like we would need to ask an embryologist, basically. I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But essentially, like, it's, we refer to it as the fetal pole. So it's like, it's about, let me think, it's right around three to five millimeters in length. And it, so it's really hard to see on the ultrasound. And it has like this wow. flicker and that's the electrical, the signs of the first electrical activity. So then like 
you know, microscopically, that's the part where, you know, we'd have to ask them, but it is not a fully formed heart. It does not look like ours at all. I mean, there's no, there's no way. So like SB8, if we were going to call it something, it's almost like SB8, fucking try us. Right. Right. Because it's, it's like they're daring someone to, they've written this crazy law with all these insane provisions, most of which are you know, patently nonsensical from a from a logical or scientific or even legal standpoint, but it's like, all right, try me, mm-hmm. and you risk you risk potential personal financial ruin in the clinic. Yeah, and this law is made to really essentially go after the b- abortion providers, right? This law is made to like sort of bankrupt your work. They're, they, because they can't sue the person getting the abortion, but they can certainly sue anyone else involved. So as you said, they could certainly sue the provider and then they could sue even, I've even heard people argue that, that it's possible they could even sue the Uber driver who drove them to the clinic. Yeah, that's correct. And, you know, it turns out even the Uber and Lyft had to come out with a statement like anyone that's sued will take care of your, well, like what, what, where are we? What, what is happening? So I know, I know that a lot of uh, abortions take place um, non-surgically now, right? That, that's that's accurate. You can take pills up into a certain point in a in a pregnancy to abort the pregnancy. Yes. Correct. Now you can't deliver those pills, but they can still be. I know there's some laws in some states where they don't even want them to be mailed from out of state. Is Texas? Yeah, you're not. Is Texas to, that dystopian hellscape oh yeah. as well? Yeah, that's all shut down. You're not. You can't mail anything in. You can't order it. Um, I have no idea how they regulate these things, but that's what they say. Yeah, because otherwise you just do like telehealth with some provider in, you know, a, a state yep. with oh, rational God. laws, right? And yep. then they would just order you pills and you just they just ship them to you. But in Texas, you can't get abortion medications shipped to you either, right? Correct. Fuck. Because then the mailman would get sued. The fucking postal carrier would get sued. Right, yeah. Do they make the women wear the red dresses with the bonnets there? <laughs> Is that required? Like the Gilead? Right. Let's just go all the way. I mean, it feels like we are anymore. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's insane. You know, you hear people talk about this law. What are the, you know, what are the on the ground effects here? Let me get, have you seen like a major, like have, has there been a lot less abortions because of it? That sort of thing. Like, is that, is it, is it doing the thing that they wanted it to do? No. And this is actually, this is actually really surprising to me and interesting. So I wasn't really expecting this. So starting September 1st, and it's really maintained through the entire time. What happened was initially the number of people I saw a day went down because I didn't have everybody who was all the way up to 18 weeks that I was seeing anymore. And also people thought maybe all of it was illegal. They didn't know if we were still open. Like there was a lot of confusion, but then pretty quickly I started to get as busy as I was before. And I'm sort of following all the same patterns as before and keeping up with how many I'm actually performing. And I started to pay attention and we noticed some of our patients would disclose to us after their abortion, they would actually tell someone in the clinic, either an assistant, it happened to me one time, it happened to a nurse. They would say, you know, I actually don't know if I really wanted an abortion, but I knew that going for, I needed to have that option. And I would rather regret an abortion than regret having a child. And yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, because who wants to sit around and regret the child that you just oh. birthed? Like, what the hell? So it's actually changing pushing people. who has abortions. It's pushing people into that position and it's making them choose and they're choosing this over something that they right. might not. Because they don't you they might have regret minutes. it. Why yeah. wouldn't yeah. you? 
Like that makes sense, right? So we're in this terrible position where they find out they're pregnant and they literally have like the people who can find out the very earliest, they have roughly like a week to be on it, to get in and be done with their abortion. Oh, it's a hundred percent. That's a backfire. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. No, they don't even, they don't even realize this is happening. It's a complete backfire. And it's so disturbing because you want like, you're, we're all there for the patients and like, you got to do what you got to do. And yeah, we might've done the same in that situation because Jesus, is that where we're at? Like, that's where we're at. So I got, I have more dumb logistical questions, I guess. Like, are you required to verify that there's a heartbeat or not? And then if you, if you find one, you're not allowed to move forward. Cause like, could somebody come to you? I guess, how do you identify six versus seven weeks? Do you know what I mean? Like a patient could lie or be mistaken or. Well, this actually, it. so we do it on, I do an ultrasound. So they come in to see me and I do an ultrasound and I measure the pregnancy. Now, this is actually a really good point because when people hear that it's the six week ban, I think we all think in our minds like, oh, well, that means you have six weeks to decide from like getting pregnant. You probably find out like, I don't know, a couple weeks in. So you got like a month. no. Like that six weeks of pregnancy means four weeks post-conception. So post the time you had sex or, you know, whatever happened. So four weeks past that point is, is your, is the limit. That's when a fetus, like the little tiny fetal pole will show up and there will be that flicker on the screen that they say is a heartbeat. So four weeks, but we don't know, we can't detect pregnancy for at least one and a half to two weeks post-conception. Now right. we're two weeks post-conception. Oh, we can detect it. But the state of Texas also passed a law that started in November that clarified that I had to find on the ultrasound a tiny gestational sac prior to moving forward with the abortion. Oh my God. So instead of just- So they narrow you on like, both sides. They narrowed it on both sides down to around five days. What? Yes. People don't realize it's coming at. So what I used to do, so this is like, this is a little hard to explain. Like, again, this is a lot of medical stuff, right? But like the the uterine lining, it gets very thick at the beginning of pregnancy, even before you can see a tiny little gestational sac, which is the first thing that shows up before a fetus, before anything else. So the lining gets thick. So I will look at an ultrasound and say, hey, oh yeah, it looks like you're pregnant. There's some uh, thickening of your lining. We'll do a pregnancy test. That'll confirm it. Now, some countries and actually some states, it's really normal. And we used to do it where you would just say, okay, well, now we know you're pregnant. So here are some pills. You'll take these and it will bring on your period. So nothing ever formed at all. And if you right. are so-called pro-life, so-called, then that is like your perfect, that's still like your best case scenario, right? Nothing. Right. No sack has even formed. No, no, no. The state says, no, we want you to wait. So they don't give a shit about life. It's not about that. It's about controlling us. And they've literally pushed yeah. us down to, it's literally from the time I can see it on an ultrasound to the time that there is a flicker on the screen is roughly like six-ish days. Holy shit. That's even, that is even worse than I thought. And I thought it was really bad. I didn't realize that they had narrowed the window on both sides of the continuum, the time scale there. That's just, yep. that's just atrocious. Can you detect at, at six weeks, is there any way to detect some of the things that like might make someone want to consider abortion is might be wrong with the child? Is there any, is there a lot of things that you can detect at that age? Yeah. Like cool. multiple heads, that yeah. kind of oh, thing. Oh, that's like, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Wings. You know. That's a whole other like, so 
I feel like we do need to get into this and we might as well do it now. Um, that what we're, what we're in the situation of, so I had someone who came to see me right before the law went into effect and I was able to see her, thank God, before the law went into effect. And she was, I don't know, she was right around 13 weeks of pregnancy and had just find that, found out a few days prior, okay, it turns out that there's this terrible anomaly where there's mo- pretty much no head, right? Like the brain's not there. Oh, there's like, there's God. not a lot there. Oh, it gets gross God. to describe it any more than that, but it's, it's not okay. It's not a situation that's okay. And she came to see me and she told me, well, I couldn't go through with, I had this happen with my first pregnancy and I couldn't go through with the abortion. So I delivered the baby and I watched it die and I can't go through that again. And it's like literally the most horrific thing you can fucking imagine. And she was sobbing. She was like, please, I have to have an abortion now. Like she didn't want an abortion, but it was like, that is so much better than watching your baby die in your arms. Like what, you know, now while it's at 13 weeks when it's a small fetus, like let's take care of things, you know, and it's so much safer than too for, for her as the patient. Like it, yeah, it was, that's a no brainer. So now I know all those patients like her are just like, if they don't have the money to fly out of state, they're just out there. And in months from now, even if the law were to reverse at some point soon, months from now, there are going to be people who are going to go through that horrific experience. Because I used to see patients with like, you know, pretty significant anomalies, like, you know, maybe one or two times a week. It's not, it's, you know, it's rare, but like that's, they come to me if they don't want to have to go through all that. If you're living in a state that's not yet a dystopian hellscape, can you provide an abortion and... Can I provide an abortion? Well, I can't because I got a degree in English literature. That's that's a bad call for me. But can somebody, can a doctor in Illinois perform it? Can somebody leave Texas and come to Illinois and get an abortion? Or will they get sued when they come back to Texas? In other words, like, do they have to leave forever? Or does that state... Or do they have to, like, leave in secret? Right, like... like like, can I buy an airplane ticket? I don't want to be an asshole, but like, can I can I sue the guy who sold someone an airplane ticket because they used that ticket to leave the state no. to get an abortion in a different state? No, actually. So this is that's good you brought this up because I think it's Missouri and this is where I can't remember the name of the law, but there's one they're currently discussing in Missouri that would make it illegal for you to leave and get an abortion anywhere else. Yikes. Holy shit, the Yikes. bed. God Yikes. damn. Yeah. So Texas law is not currently like that, but Missouri's over there giving us ideas. So it wouldn't surprise oh, yeah, me. If they, oh, because they will. If it yeah. if it works in Missouri, they will. Right. Holy shit, that's a horror. Oh. That is because like right now, the whole thing I'm thinking is like we've got to raise, we got to figure out a way to raise money. Yeah, I was to just going to ask you to yeah. get women out of fucking Texas. Literally going to gonna ask you. One of my questions I was going to ask you was like, what's a charity that we can because. We're coming up on our on our 666 episode and we were planning on for that episode trying to raise a bunch of money for abortion rights providers and abortion rights. What's the best way? You're in this. What's the best way for us to donate? Where is the best place to put that money? The one place I would get in touch with that I would put it towards is called Lilith Fund. It's L I L. That's different than the fair, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I just check double checking. I no, don't know. Yeah, Look, Sarah McLaughlin. Sarah, I, I, I mean, don't know if Sarah the fucking McLaughlin Dixie fancy. chicks are out Absolutely. there doing their yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, our um, fund. So okay. this is a <laughs> Central Texas like organization that they literally are now. They've switched what they did. They used to fund patients to come to our clinics, but they switched what they do, and they are not funding that at all. They've switched over, so they're funding 
all the patients that need to get out of state. And they're actually will pay for flight if they need it or gas. Uh, they'll pay for their food if they like can't afford that while they're gone. Cause we've got some people in some desperate situations. So yeah, they're, mm, they're yeah. fantastic. Can't we just like airdrop the abortion medication? The like plan the B. fucking, yeah, right. yeah. But like, like, like the fucking with my a, pillow a, guy a with plan his pillows B52 at the Trump rally. Just yeah. drop it right in there. God damn. People fucking mail MDMA to each other. Like, let's <laughs> mail, you know what I mean? Like, let's fucking mail some abortion pills out. Jesus. Right? Get some abortion pill sniffing dogs and shit. I, I'm not even kidding. Like, we're going to have that stuff. Because if they're going to regulate moving that stuff through the USPS, they're going to have to have some yeah. way of making sure. Because... Like, if I knew somebody in Texas that couldn't, if I had family, I'd go to my doctor and I'd finagle that shit. You know you would, too. And then you would just mail it to your friend or family. Sure, member. sure. You know? Like, you 100% would do. God, what a nightmare. Do you under... have? Is it on your radar what's maybe going to happen this summer? No. No, is it bad? Uh, I feel like it's going to be bad. Oh, it's, it's worse. I'm sorry. Why is it worse? You, okay. I'm sorry. Right, if these are the new before times, yeah. I don't. I know, right? Like what, this is the before times for yeah. that. What is happening? Yeah. Are you see? Are you? Am I going to be reminiscing about now? <laughs> Maybe it's possible. If I swear to God, if I'm going to reminisce someday about today, I'm uh, right. I don't want the future anymore. Um, okay, so you know the Mississippi case went to the Supreme Court, and they're coming out with their decision. I think we're expecting it in June. And I mean, I'm holding out zero hope for that decision. The problem with that decision is if they say that it's okay for Mississippi to make it illegal from 15 weeks of pregnancy on, which is what the law is, that directly contradicts Casey v. Pennsylvania, which happened right after or a few years after Roe v. Wade. So it's in direct conflict with that. In that law, Casey v. Pennsylvania, there it's it makes it so that the state is not allowed to m make abortion illegal before viability they can put in place certain restrictions on it but it can't be made illegal below that so it's a viability challenge now the reason it's different from uh. what is happening now in texas it's 15 weeks so it sounds like it's not as bad the problem is is that is a criminal law so if right. our if our okay. Supreme Court, our current Supreme Court, and considering who's on that Supreme Court, if they decide, yeah, that's fine, they're going to gut KCV Pennsylvania. It will no longer be about viability. We do expect, like, pretty quickly, there are a lot of states that already have, like, as soon as it, as soon as they're allowed to, everything becomes illegal completely. Some states with exceptions, some not. Um, right now, I looked it up just the other day. That it's the Guttmacher Institute has um, a lovely visual of all the states where abortion is expected to become outlawed or significantly harder to get, and it's over half. It's over half the states. Oh, God. really? Yeah. We, we just we got it. We got to fund. Yeah. All right. I'm going to ask you a question. This is like a, a personal philosophical question. Mm -hmm. So, but I was driving here to the studio, and I was thinking about what I wanted to talk to you about. And, I, and and all of these are, I think, questions that I, I definitely knew that we wanted to go through. But, you know, so much of the opposition to abortion comes from men. And I guess as an abortion provider, as somebody who is a woman helping women, how do we reach out to men who don't get it already and make it something that they are like, how do we, how do we personalize this the other direction? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because, because the opposition 
to abortion is so staunchly male-centered. And season when I've talked about this on the show, I feel like it is clearly an extension of a patriarchal culture trying to control women, their sex and sexuality, and their viability in the workforce. But if you're trying to reach out to male hearts as an abortion provider, is there anything, any commentary you can offer on that to try to convince people? Like, like how do you talk to men about abortion? Or do you? Well, I am constantly talking to my husband about it. And he's a cisgender male, white male. So um, he's actually learned enough at this point that just the other day he made the comment, you know, I should start um, a company where I just go around and I teach like cisgendered white men about why abortion is really important. And I was like, hey, that's a really good idea. He's like, I think I would know how to talk to them. They take me through blah, blah, blah. You know, that's a great idea. And what I boil it down to pretty much for anyone who's anti-choice is like, okay, let's go super basic. It's bodily autonomy. Dudes, it's bodily autonomy. Like, do you want me to come and like fuck anything up in your body without your permission or allow something terrible to happen to you? You know, that's that's what I go to. It's such a basic, simple, like it even blows my mind. Like um, there are physicians who are anti-choice. I'm like, how, then you don't respect your, your patients like bodily autonomy. Yeah. And that's like the most yeah. basic core of medicine. So there just shouldn't be anti-choice doctors. But you know? Yeah. When we, when we talk to, when we talk about this in the past, Tom and I, when we first started talking about any kind of abortion rights, I mean, you remember that we used to say things like, we know that this is, could be, this is one of the most difficult decisions a woman has to make. And I know I've, I've said that a couple times. Mm -hmm. In fact, many women, it's not a difficult decision at all right. to make this decision. Yep. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I feel like, I feel like that is something that that feels like a right-wing talking point that maybe even liberals are falling for. Yes, yes. And it used to be like, um, well, even the safe, legal, and rare like thing, you know, um, that is super popular. That, no, no. It's because abortion is a spectrum that is a part of pregnancy, miscarriages, um, pregnancies continuing, birth. Um, there, it's a whole continuum of care. And when we, when we single it out, we wedge it like that. And then we make people feel like, okay, it is supposed to be just a really terrible decision for everyone. I mean, it is for some people, for some people, it's like the hardest decision they ever make. And for some people, it's the easiest decision they ever make. And patients will ask me that, like, is it okay that I like knew right away that I wanted an abortion? I'm like, Oh, yeah, nope. If that if you just knew that you needed an abortion, then that's what you knew. You know, you knew your choice, then that's great. Let's move on. You know, like <laughs> how like that it's your pregnancy, it's it's your decision. So, you know, and some people are gonna struggle much further into pregnancy. And so it doesn't happen often, but I've had patients who struggle with the decision so much they wait weeks and weeks and you know, that happens too. But other people, it's just a it's a no brainer. And then, you know, we haven't even really talked at all about like the people, Oh God, I had someone today. It's like really, really fucked me up. The, the girl I had today, um, she's, I had to tell her she was too far. Like I can't do her abortion. Oh. And she was, uh, raped a couple months ago. And she was oh, like, God. I'm just, I feel so gross that like, I want it out. And I was like, I totally understand what you mean. Like I'm a survivor. I get what you're saying. You want it out of your body right now. And I can't do that, but here are the steps. You're going to contact this fund. I literally gave her their information and they're going to hopefully be able to get her out of state. But like, that's, that's where we are. That's, you know, that's how bad it is. Fuck. 
Yeah, I, I remember reading a study that the most commonly cited emotion after an abortion was relief. Yeah. And not, not you know, worry, Regrets nervousness, for, yeah. regret. It's just relief. You know, the, the most common, commonly cited emotion after an abortion is, is relief. And Actually, I see that in my clinic. Like um, when I am doing a procedure versus doing the pill and I'm still doing some like now, you know, patients have a choice between the two. So I'll do a, a super early procedure. And at the end, when I'm done, some patients who are lying there, they're just like have this like big sigh of relief when they ask like, yeah. is it done? And I say yes. And they're like, oh, and that like everyone in the room can feel it. And you're like, okay, yeah, like we got you. Like this is what you needed for yourself, you know? Yeah, I I, I mean, I, because I, I, I hear Cecil's point. And like, I think that that message about, man, this is this is really hard. I think that's a really damaging message. It and is. We need, to, we need to be careful. It I, is. And I appreciate that you brought that up. Because like, if that's not the reality of women, like we need to stop like selling that narrative. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And I think like, we got it. We, our job is to listen. Like I, I think all the time about this subject, like my, my job is to shut the fuck up and listen to the people who can get pregnant. Yeah. I can't get pregnant. Like uh, there, uh, no literally, the right. It literally does not. Right. I'll never have to make this choice. So right. any, any notion that I've got some, I, I got nothing to say about sure. it except for to say like, what do you want? Sure. Cause I can't get pregnant. Yeah. It's like the easiest sit. It literally could not be yeah. easier in my yeah. mind than that. Right. It's like, can this happen to you? No. All right. Well, it can happen to you. So what do you want? What was the other narrative you said? Safe, free. What was the other one you said? Oh, the one that we they used to say safe, legal, and rare. That abortion should be rare. Oh. And like, I get the concept of like, because for the people who it is a difficult decision, like you wish that they didn't have to go through it if they like had gotten birth control. It was like the democratic talking point for a while. And then I, I was like, nope, should be safe, legal, and whenever the fuck I want. Like, <laughs> right, it, right doesn't matter. Like it, none of that matters. Like I will make the decision when it's right for me. And then I will either have an abortion or not. And it's, it's never going to be like, we could do great, like anti, like helping people not get pregnant with all the birth control in the world. And there will still be people who get pregnant on birth control. There will still be people who uh, have fetal anomalies. There will still be like, there will still just be abortions. There will always, there have always been abortions. There will right. always be abortions is what we do with them. Yeah. I, I was going to say, you know, if, if we, if we did give a shit, it's so funny. Cause I'm Cecil's got called up on our monitor, the, the States. The from states. The this is from the gut. And so on our, on our show notes this week, we will post the link. I will have a link to this map where, and I just want to say one thing. It looks like Illinois is playing a terrifying game of the know, floor man. is lava. I know, right? I know. Everything around Illinois is a hundred percent red. But I, I, I look at this, and you know, all I'm thinking is, I would be willing to bet every paycheck I will earn in the next five years that every single one of those states, Cecil, that is red, that is has terrible sex education and terrible access to uh, ready uh, birth control. So they don't, you know, it's just it's just more proof you know, to the proof, Jessica, that you provided earlier, that this is not about, this is exclusively about control. This yeah. is exclusively about male control over female bodies. That's, it's, it's not about anything else. Yeah. Because we hit this from every conceivable angle. We actually do a tremendous amount of statistical work to make sure in these states that as many women as possible get pregnant by not providing sure. contraception, yeah. by not providing accurate and effective sex education at an early age. And then we narrow the window on both sides of the time continuum, yep. 
we're doing everything we can to control women at every from from every fucking angle. It's a game of fucking risk, is what it is. Really, you attack from every yeah. side. Yep. I forgot to even mention in Texas, we've had the twenty four hour waiting law like for in effect Wait, for a long time. What is so that? Currently, that's still in effect. So. When I do your ultrasound, from the t- minute I do your ultrasound, you are not allowed to have an abortion for 24 hours. Shut the fuck up. I said, no. That's like one of those gun laws where like you can't. Right? Uh-huh. You can't. Well, except for in Texas, you can probably get a gun as soon as you look at one. <laughs> they have terrible, terrible draconian laws in other states too. It's not just Texas where in, in some of those states, don't they have to like force the woman to get like an ultrasound? And sometimes those can be very like invasive, an internal ultrasound. invasive yeah. procedures. And then- like in other ones, oh, they yeah. like in our Texas, you have to get an ultrasound, but I like, they didn't, they didn't specify in the law. So luckily I don't have to probe people so I can start with abdominal ultrasound, but yeah, no, we're required to do an ultrasound and read them like a script of information that tells them that this might cause breast cancer. It might not, which is the most ridiculous thing. It might um, or it might yeah. not. I mean, those are the Let, two choices. Let's slow down. What's on the script? Like what, like the, clearly they've they've prepared a script. What is on that script? Oh yeah. So um, I have to tell people like every conceivable thing that could happen during an abortion, including death, <sighs> which is like, you know, incredibly rare, blah, blah, blah. And then I have to tell them that this could cause breast cancer, but it's not been proven by science. I literally like I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to say that it's not. What? You're allowed to say, but it's not been proven what? by science. Yeah. Yes. What else yes. would prove it? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like what is What's so crazy? Well, well, they're so smart. They said, well, the more pregnancies that you take to term and breastfeed, the lower your risk of breast cancer is. So if you don't take pregnancies to term, they seem to think that means your risk of breast cancer will go up, but they're idiots. That just means your risk would be the same as everyone else. <laughs> Wow, just, oh my gosh. It's literally like, anyway, and then the last oh. thing I, what's the last thing I have to tell them? Um, oh, I am allowed to compare like how safe it is compared to carrying a pregnancy to term. I'm at least allowed to do that. And so I do tell people that carrying a pregnancy term is about 10 to 12 times safer than having an abortion. So I'm at least 10, allowed 10 to 12 to times that. safer or less safe? It's 10 to 12 times uh safer to have an abortion than yeah. it is to carry yeah. to term. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I was going to say, like, if, if you have to tell people how dangerous it is to have an abortion, mm-hmm. then you, you, I, I was going to ask if you were allowed to tell them how dangerous it is to have, because it's fucking really dangerous to have a baby. Yep. So yeah, all those, all those same risks, but now 10 to 12 times. <laughs> uh, people, it's so funny because people never mention that. Like the, in, like the intense danger of like, and even if everything goes right, like they never say like, well, and also your body's going to change. It's going to be different now. And that's just also just true. Mm-hmm. Like it's. Oh yeah. And pregnancy, pregnancy is dangerous. Like I had a patient, uh, it was like a month ago that I had to say, no, get her out of state now. Cause she was in like complete uh, kidney failure and was like, uh, can you do my abortion? No, you're too far. You need to get out of the state pronto. Like you have time, you die. Like, like, so. If women's lives are in danger, they still can't it's get an abortion like, in Texas. You better be in the hospital on your deathbed and there won't be any I'm not I don't have privileges in the hospital. There won't be anyone there who probably knows how to do it. Our maternal mortality here is like 10 to 20 times higher than any other state. Like the state is not not where it's at from being like a female or female bodied, yeah. Wait, did did you just say that that the maternal mortality rate was what in yeah. Texas? It's really, but it's much higher than anywhere else in the country. It's like, I don't know. I think it's like 10 to 20 times worse. Wow. And it's majority of it is for people of color like that. There's just a huge discrepancy. Huge. My God. 
Well, this is worse than I thought by yeah. orders of magnitude. Yeah. I, I want to ask about one of these Republican straw men that I, that I hear all the time. And it's about late-term abortions. So we'll hear that all the time as oh, a God. major talking point from the right about late-term abortions. And they cannot stop talking about it. I'm not sure I know what that is. And is that a real thing? And is that something that happens on a, at all? Like, or, or, or is, it, is it something that happens commonly? So that term is not, that's made up by them. Like I- don't, that's, a, that's just a made up term. Yeah. So I know like what heartbeat. they mean by it, but it's just what they call it to talk about that period. So they're talking, and they used to always say like, oh, it's basically like right before they're about to deliver or they deliver and then they snap something and that's it. And the baby's dead. And you're like, what the hell? No, 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 no. That is not how that <laughs> We deliver works. a baby and we not feed it to a lion. <laughs> yeah, no. So there are, there aren't many places in the country actually that you can go, but there are places, a handful that you can go if you need, like if you are into the late second trimester, early third trimester, it's very rare. There are not that many cases, like the vast majority are done in first trimester. And then like, you know, the next small amount are done in second trimester. And then it's like, just very little. But yeah. those cases are often like the worst case scenarios and are people who like, it's just, they need access to care. Like it, because there's a reason they made it that point in pregnancy and sure. still need an abortion. Either something, there's something wrong that they didn't know about before, or like it stopped developing at a certain point, like still horrific stuff that they need to get taken care of. I've also had patients who were very like heavy IV drug users and really didn't find out until later in pregnancy. And, you know, it was a complete meltdown situation of like, no, 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 no. I can't, you know, bring to life something that is going to be really, you know, damaged basically. Like it didn't right. form correctly, you know? And so, you know, we were able, well, they can't do it in Texas, but we were able to get her out to another state and, you know, because that's the right thing for her to do. Like she, that was right for her. So it's something that like has to be really carefully protected, even though it doesn't happen very often, just because they're literally like, they're just people who really need help. And we also like, just in, in our wording, like I noticed that even myself, we don't, we don't think about the opposite. So like we're talking about, this is awful. They don't have a choice. You got to figure out how to get out of state after your six weeks, blah, blah, blah. But okay. So then the people who don't, who can't get an abortion, well, that's state forced birth. Now we're talking about, we get like eight, nine months down the road. There are going to be people going through forced birth who did not yeah, want yeah. that pregnancy and did not have the resources or the connections, didn't get with the right organization, just didn't know who to talk to or who are being abused, held within their own home, who are going to go and deliver. Who knows how that will go because they probably didn't get pre good prenatal oh. care and they will go through a forced birth. And I just feel like we should just all think about that. You know, like that's really fucked up. Like now you've, now you've forcibly turned that person into the, yeah, because of this, because we didn't have a person. And then right. we insisted on creation of this person that was not wanted. I mean, I'm trying to be shitty, but like that's, it just wasn't. And so are we not going to strain other government resources in that direction now? And the answer is in Texas, probably no, because it's probably not a good safety net. But then like, how is that person going to have high quality life outcomes in aggregate. I'm not saying every person won't, there will be exceptions, but in aggregate, you know, all the statistics show like that's not a good way to grow up. Like these are people who 
you know, probably have less resources, probably have less access, probably, you know, some of these people will be given up and and become wards of the state, et cetera. Some of these people will be born that will have health challenges that otherwise, you know, would be impossible for them to live. It's just, it's a nightmare. The whole thing is a nightmare. Well, during the special session uh, last summer, when they passed this abortion law, they also allocated how it made it onto the emergency list. I don't know. This was super important for Texas to pass. They passed a bill to fund, to add state funding to private foster care system in the state. Oh, yeah, right. Because they know there's going to be more of a demand and their friends who are in private foster care are going to make more money. Churches. 100% 100% those are yeah, religious institutions yeah. too. Well, you know, it's crazy. You know they are. And it's crazy too is you're going to be able to watch this, watch the data on this, just like how they did. Remember when Pence cut cut out all the oh, yeah. the condoms and the IV drug use? Uh, like the needles and stuff, needles the needle exchange program. Yeah. Inside of Indiana, they saw a rise in HIV. Yep. Because... And and a, not just a small one, like no, a, they had a fucking like, epidemic. They had an out, they had a outbreak, localized they had epidemic. An outbreak of HIV yeah. because Pence closed the programs down that was helping people not transmit HIV. And I feel like the same thing's going to happen here, where you're going to see the the rise of a bunch of children that are going to wind up in foster care and or adoption up for adoption in orphanages and places like that because there's just going to be a lot of children that get born that they didn't that somebody didn't want. Are you allowed when you read the the breast cancer thing? Are you allowed to look pointedly and wink? <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't even do that. I just say that's crap, you know, right? And they're like, yeah. Oh, no. so you do? So you can you can you can go off script a little and be able oh, to say, yeah. I I got to tell you this thing and it's nonsense. Yeah, but I have to tell it to you anyway. Okay, so at least you're allowed to yeah. be a human being. Yeah. Wow, that's good. So far, they haven't changed that yet. Just so wait. on the regular, we say fuck Abbott, like. The patient and I, like, no, he can go fuck himself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jessica, thank you so much for joining us and and telling us all about this. We hope that that law... Guys, can get struck down. We hope it gets struck down, although there's not a lot of... A lot of hope in the world left. I think we've we've ran out of hope, but we were hoping that it gets struck down. We want to thank you for taking the time out to talk to us about this. And if things change in the future, we're going to reach out to you, okay? Sure thing. Three, two, one, sing. Eating animals is wrong. McDonald's. Hurting animals is wrong. McDonald's. Share this song and change your entire menu to be vegan from now on. So this story, I will admit, I grabbed the story because it's funny. Yeah. It comes from a source, and I want to be acknowledged. Yeah, let's just screenshot-media.com. So, guys, yeah, take this with a grain of salt. Get a great big giant grain of salt. Yeah. Put that fucking enormous fucking Himalayan salt lamp in your pocket. And that's because that the reason why is because that's all you're gonna be able to eat. So. <laughs> but I thought it was I thought it was silly enough to talk about. Bizarre diet cult that lives without food and water caught its leader eating McDonald's. <laughs> now so this is so great. So we actually talked about the breatharians the on this show. Breatharians, breatharians or breath. Breathe air. I say breatharians because it's easier to say, but it could be breatharians. Okay, guys, I don't know if this is a Tuber Tuberville moment. This is a Tuber Tuberville moment. Is it breatharian or is it breatharian? All right. <laughs> All right. So here's the thing. Here's what breathe or breatharianism breatharian. is. It is, it, it is the nonsensical idea that human beings... In fact, I'm going to read it right from the article. 
Breatharianism is a philosophy that believes that the human body, when it's in perfect harmony with right. itself sure. and nature, don't be stupid, is a perfect <laughs> breatharian. You know all the constituents we need are okay, taken you can't from the start air a sentence, we breathe. You cannot start a sentence with breathe and end with breath. I will not allow it. I will not allow it. <laughs> it's so. fucking lazy. I will it's not. lazy. There is only one thing that keeps the human body alive, and that is breathing. The food that we take is the same as any other thing we take into the body as it becomes a habit, which is a terrible sentence. What? In other words, eating is an acquired habit, just like alcohol Get or smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Okay. But by that same token, isn't breathing a habit? You just do it because you've always done it. Oh, your heart's beating <laughs> like a stupid habit. Oh, like, my heart just goes thumpity thump, thump, thump all the time and never stops. My stupid car has a gas habit. It won't stop. <laughs> I know. Stupid car. Stupid car. I got to break it if it's gas <laughs> habits. <laughs> Like, I got to break my phone if it's fucking getting charged, habit. Get the fuck out of here, man. Nonsense. You got to feed something into Don't be stupid, right? It's like it's fucking simple fucking chemistry. It, it's, but he, this, this guy thinks that you can use cosmic micro dust that you breathe in and sunlight. Because evidently we, we fucking photosynthesize without sure. chlorophyll. Yeah. Like, I don't even know. Because right. what I say, I don't even know. What I mean is, that's not how it works. Yeah. What you mean is neither does he. Right. Yeah. Right. It's fucking, it's fucking unbelievable nonsense. But the best part, my favorite part, and the only reason I included this in the article, is the fucking backflips this guy does when he gets caught eating at McDonald's. My it is... Well, I want to stop because he gets caught eating at McDonald's and I guess he was... So he's like going to eat and the only places that are open he's going to are the because the ones late at night because everybody else is like out and like Dude, they're all, gets they're all eating. those people are all dying of malnutrition so they're lying there right. unable to lift their head after 8 yeah. p.m. It's like fucking right? starvation right? heights. He is fucking a hundred percent He's a hundred percent fine because he's leaving at night and going to get like one of those gross roller hot dogs from fucking Seven <laughs> Eleven, and then he's choking that fucking thing down. I love that he's not even eating like kale and pine he's nuts or whatever, good right? Food. Like he's eating, like he's eating the worst food, and it's so funny too because it's always you can always tell. The ones that doth protest too much, uh -huh. right? You look at all these guys, you look at uh, all the people who scream about adultery and how bad it is, and then they wind up in bed with like six right. different women or whatever. Right. You look at the people who scream about how much they hate gays and they wind up balls deep in some <laughs> other, somebody else in the same sex. You know, the, the people who scream about kinks are getting fucking piss part in their mouth in the middle of the, whatever the scat play right. all weekend it's always those people in those and and you got to stop yourself if you're in one of these religions you got to stop yourself and be like hold on is somebody in this room protesting too much right is something ha is you somebody, seem overly invested you know this this catholic priest seems to really hate pedophiles right? <laughs> you see how right right like your your emotional investment is you're really, aggressive you're really invested in this but this aggressive. is one of those moments yep one of those moments where you're just like yeah the, this dude just like every single other weird cult out there or just regular religion out there you know there's some yep. guy who's protesting way too much and he's this guy stuck. He gets caught. He's like, oh, I didn't need a Big Mac. Blah, blah, blah. That's amazing. <laughs> so I want to read the part uh, where he talks about McDonald's. And because he he flip-flops and he starts talking about 
the third dimension, the difference, guys, in case yeah. you guys were wondering. Oh, yeah, because there's a reason. There's a difference between the third dimension and the fifth dimension. And I'll tell you what, we're not going to fucking talk about the fourth dimension. Don't be stupid. Don't just, don't even bring it up. I, if you write me a fucking email yeah, about the goddamn fucking, fourth dimension, fuck the fourth dimension. I will mail you your monatomic gold back to you. We're getting making Outrageous. a shirt. Fuck the fourth dimension. Outrageous. Fuck, fuck the fourth fuck dimension. The fourth dimension. That's some Rothschild shit. That is. That's <laughs> get rid of it. <laughs> All right. So after he gets uh, done, he gets seen leaving a 7-Eleven with a Slurpee, a hot dog, and Twinkies. <laughs> he gets that's that is like the if there's a that's fucking amazing. holy trifecta. That's also like literally. That's like a Homer Simpson leaves. It is. <laughs> it's a, it is a hundred percent the Homer Simpson. I gotta diet. ask. When was last? Do you remember? I remember the last time I ate a Twinkie because we ate one on, on air. Yes, and that's that was the last, the last time, Twinkie. I that's ate. the last time I've ever had a Twinkie and myself. Holy it's shit, terrible. was it bad. literally terrible? The it last was time I had so bad. the last time I had one that I remember liking, I was I was I was a tween, maybe. Yeah, man. I'll tell like my dad was like a strict strict dad, and so my dad had a thing about against junk food, so we didn't have any junk food in the house. He wouldn't buy it. So, but like. My tutor was this neighbor girl, Heidi. And Heidi, for my birthday, bought me a box of Twinkies. <gasps> and I hid it in my dresser drawer. I ate them all in like an hour. I like, I was like, box of Twinkies. Um, nom, nom. Yeah. And I was like, mm, those actually weren't that good. And then you and I ate them on air. And it was like coating your mouth with like- They're the worst. Like a sweet grease. And I don't know. I, I This is something I can't tell you. But I remember certain things as a child tasting like fucking manna from heaven. Yeah. Like where you just, you think this is the most amazing flavor of foods. How on earth is this created? Right. And then I eat it as an adult and I think, what the fuck was I thinking? Oh. And now there's an opportunity there yeah. for people to chintz on quality ingredients. There's always that opportunity, sure, right? right? So it could be that, you know- that it was better that before. That it was better before. Right. There's a possibility. But then there's also just the, the part that's like, you hadn't eaten anything that was good yet. Yep. I think and, that's and that's most I don't of it. know. I just don't know what the answer is. But I know when I was growing up, there was like five or six things that I thought, this is amazing. Hell, when I was a little kid, I thought little Caesar pizza was good. Was amazing. Yeah. All right. Now, so I wouldn't, I mean I have so many questions. I don't right know now. that I would. Would you eat a little Caesar's pizza? Pizza, pizza. You get two of them. No. You get two. I would look, if I, I had to, I would try to eat it. Yeah. But I would, I would probably not. Just like there's been times in my life where somebody's been like, try this. Like I remember even going to New York and someone was like, you got to try this pizza. And I ate one pizza. I was like, I'm not eating more of this. I'm like, right. this isn't good. This is why it I don't like this. Tastes good. Right. So I, I just quit. When I was a kid, I lived for, for a brief time. I lived with my mom until I was like middle of first grade. And then I lived with my dad. And I went back to visit my mom and I was in my early, early twenties, maybe late teens. I can't recall. And I remember I, early 20s, and I asked my mom, I was like, oh man, you know, if you could make me your spaghetti, I had this memory of her spaghetti in my head. And she made me, and my mom is not a good cook, you know, she's, she, like she, but I didn't know that. So my head, it was sugar water. It was sugar spaghetti. She like, if you ever had sweet sugary spaghetti, it was. Yeah, I like spaghetti. I'm eating a. A bite, I ate a bite of it. I was like, oh, 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 God. But I had asked her to make it. So I'm like, oh. I'm eating like sugared meat and sugared red sauce on noodles. So then there was a second recipe that I remember as a kid. So I was like, like, can you make this thing? It was called Thermy's Chicken. So like my mom would tell the story that she was on her honeymoon in Jamaica and she met a woman named Thermy. And Thermy gave her this recipe for this chicken. It was called Thermy's Chicken. It was her chicken recipe. And I'm like, oh, man, I remember this from being a kid. It's a special Jamaican, right? Can you make it for me? She made it. 
motherfucker that was teriyaki chicken. It was just teriyaki chicken. That's all it was. I watched her make it. It's just teriyaki sauce and chicken legs. And it was just baked. It was bad teriyaki chicken. And I was like, that's it? That was my childhood memory is sugar spaghetti and teriyaki chicken? This is it? This is what you bring to the table? There used to be a, and I, and I wonder what it would taste like now. There used to be a place called Marcelloni's by us. Oh, I remember Marcelloni's. And they used to make a thing called a beef roll. Yes. Oh, I would and eat And so it was Italian beef. One, yeah. And it was Italian beef that was like wrapped up, essentially a calzone of Italian right. beef. And then you would dip it in au jus or in jardinier and you would eat it. And it's a very, it's a very, it's a very Chicago thing, yep. right? Like yep. it's a very Chicago thing. Like it's not anything I think you would get anywhere else in the in the United States because there's no, when I say calzone, I don't mean it had tomato sauce in it. Right, it wasn't it was, it, was, it was cheese and what we call Italian beef, which is very, very finely shaved round or I'm not sure if it's round actually. Now that I mentioned it, maybe it's not. But it's a piece of, it's a large roast of beef that they roast for a long time. And then they take it on a, on a slicer and they slice it super, super thin. And then they, they, they let it sit in, those, in that, and, uh, in yeah. that, uh, in that jus and it sits in that jus and essentially just sits there. And then they, they normally, you normally serve it on a, on a sub roll with some jardinier, which is like hot, oily relish. relish. Yeah. And that'll go on it with like cheese sometimes. Pepper relish, cheese on not, it. like not a, pe a pickle Yeah, it's relish. not a pickle relish, it's peppers. It's like a, like a sport pepper yep. that's been cut. Sometimes there's celery, sometimes there's carrots in it, but there's an oil in it and there's also a heat. Yep. And it's a very, again, it's a very Chicago Super thing. Chicago. Yep. It's Chicago-centric. It's hard to find anywhere else. It's called Giardinera. I don't know if it's sold anywhere else. I know it's sold in, in Chicago. But again, it's a yep. hyper-Chicago thing. Yep. But they would serve these Italian beef with mozzarella cheese and it would be folded over and yeah, then it would be sliced yeah, yeah. and then you would eat a slice and they would have either au jus, which is again, a very common thing that you would eat with a roast beef type thing. Yep. Or there would be like this jardinera that you could have. So I remember having one of those. I don't know what it would taste like. Now I made one a couple of years ago myself. Was it outstanding? Yeah, it was delicious. It yeah, was I outstanding. It was fucking amazing. I remember that Marsh because I got fired. That was my first job was at Marshall and I got fired from a Marshall. Delivering, <laughs> delivering, delivering flyers. flyers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, I got to read this, guys. Just I'm just straight read like a couple of paragraphs because it's fucking delicious. Then came the McDonald's fiasco. Brooks believed that humans aren't supposed to live in a third dimensional reality. Instead, we're all fifth dimensional beings who sure. are trapped on Earth, currently being sucked into the 3D world, yep. which is why we feel the urge to feed, to eat 3D food. So when the leader was caught eating, apologize, easting, McDonald's, he incorporated the American fast food giant into the philosophy. Sure. According to him, all McDonald's locations are apparently built on properties protected by fifth dimensional properties, energies, and spiritual portals. This is why breatharians feel happier and at peace in McDonald's. He then went on to recommend his followers to drink as much Diet Coke and eat as many double quarter pounders with cheese as possible before they meditate, claiming that Diet Coke is liquid light and that cows are magical fifth dimensional converters who turn third dimensional food into fifth dimensional food. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's the case, if cows are then wouldn't any cow be that? Or would it only be ones on McDonald's? Like, yeah, it's only like the lowest quality cows only, that were sick before only, they were slaughtered. It's only the stuff that they <laughs> that they swept up off the slaughter room floor. Right. That's the only part of the cow that's full of fucking yeah, fifth dimensional I don't, I don't eat this Wagyu beef. That's yeah. garbage no, that's food. Garbage. I gotta eat this like I gotta eat pressed this. meat paste. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call it? 
pink sludge. What pink is that? Remember pink, that pink sludge? Pink it was sludge. like what, chicken yeah. nuggets or chicken whatever. Chicken nuggets. Pink sludge. I'm not in state, dude. I'm shallow. The state is on top of you, dude. You're under it. Just dude. admit it, dude. Just admit you're deep state, dude. Okay, I'm a little deep state. Now you guys know too much, and you have two options, okay? I can either kill you and have my girl Hillary come over here and clean up your bodies, or y'all can join the deep state with your boy. I mean, I'm down to go deep, dude. I'll go deep with you, bro. Okay, well, here's your deep state passport, and here's your deep state shoes. Whoa. We're sponsored by Nike. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So this story comes from the Washington Post. Now, there's a, there's a lot of articles about Jenny Thomas, uh, who is the wife of Clarence Thomas. But, you know, I, before we start talking about that, the wrong way to think about Jenny Thomas is just as the wife of Clarence Thomas. Jenny Thomas is a political powerhouse and power broker. And she has always been a powerhouse and a power broker. She has worked for the Heritage Institute, which is a conservative think tank. Sure. She has had, she uh, as recently as 2020, she has had the personal cell phone number for Mark Meadows, the chief of staff of the White House. She is not somebody's wife. She's not just some random. That's a wrong yeah. way to think. She's like. It's it's not yes. even just it's not even just by nepotism, right? It's not right. just by a connection, right? It's more than that. So so the so the figures on the right, Mitch McConnell included, obviously, they are trying to portray this as oh, the left is just going after his wife. Fuck that noise. Yeah, we're going to talk about this because this Washington Post article has a, has an interesting spin on it, right? But also, it's important to just at the offset outset start off and say, look, Jenny Thomas is and was yeah, an important political sure. figure. She works every single day full time in the political world. Right. And she wields an enormous amount of influence. Yeah. So pretending that she's just like, oh, I'm just little old Jenny Thomas. Like, why would anyone attack me? Is some bullshit. Yeah. And it's not, it's not a useful way to think about this. This story from the Washington Post um, talks about the way that Jenny Thomas frames the conversation around the uh, election as a religious conversation. Um, and that's not just her, her and Meadows. Right. Yeah. So so here's, here's some quotes from Mark Meadows. This is a fight of good versus evil. Evil always look like, looks like the victor until the king of kings triumphs. Do not grow weary in well-doing. In another, Jenny Thomas threatens, you guys fold, the evil just moves fast down underneath you all. These are the side conversations going on right now or going on in 2020 between the White House Chief of Staff and Ginny Thomas, who shares not just the ear, but the bed of a Supreme Court justice who is hearing cases pertinent to the January 6th commission. Holy shit. Wasn't Thomas the only one who dissented against one of those things where everyone yep. else dissented? Literally, Thomas's dissent was the only dissent on whether or not the January 6th commission would have access to White House uh, transcriptions and communication records, likely because Ginny Thomas yeah. is communicating with fucking Mark Meadows. Also, I want to just talk about the way that these things are framed. Because we, I think you and I go into this very often, seeing the people that, that are having these conversations or that are trying to influence the masses, and we see them and we think to ourselves, they're in on the grift. Yeah. They're the grifters. They're doing the grift. They have the grift planned out. They go in with the grift planned out and then they grift. And they use whatever kind of power that they have and they and they and they they don't believe it. Yeah. 
I know. I think this is one of those moments where you go to Jim Baker's house and you find his whole basement is full of buckets. And you think, how does that- Holy shit. Wait, I didn't think that was possible. Why would you have buckets? Uh Uh-huh. But he has the buckets. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And you're like, but you believe this? I thought for sure you didn't believe this, but you do believe this. And that makes you more terrifying. Yeah. There's only real, I, I know, man, because I thought like, like there's only two possibilities. Either they're grifting so much they can't turn it off. Yeah. So that's a possibility for sure. So like when Ginny reaches out to Mark, she's using the language of her grift. And when Mark reaches out to Ginny, he's responding and using the language of his grift. Yeah. Because that's the language that they've couched so much of their public persona within. Yeah. So that's op- that's one option, sure. which is devastatingly upsetting it's in terrifying. its own right. Yeah. You know? Or option two, yeah, which is, I don't know if it's more scary, but it's at least as scary, which is that they're true believers. Yeah. From what I've read, and and I I, I read a little bit, I listened to the Daily, Jenny Thomas sounds like a fucking true believer, man. Yeah. She sounds like a legit true believer in the whole QAnon. Like, she thought that there were naval ships outside, just outside of Gitmo that were getting ready to, like, hang the Biden criminal family for war crimes. Like she she, ble- she, she bought believed into it. that shit. She bought into it. That is a That's, level of crazy directly at least adjacent to a Supreme Court justice. To a Supreme Court yeah. justice. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Where yeah. are we at? Yeah. This this what's crazy to me is like it's all about the connections, right? Because I feel like Ginny Thomas before being able to dive into some internet boards <laughs> probably would not be as as fucking Looney Tunes as yep. she is, yep. right? But she's she's tuning herself up, following all these different places, and then gets sucked into these these crazy boards, these places where literally some random person will just say something out loud and everyone will believe it as gospel truth. There's some random person said that there was these naval these ships. Naval ships. Yep. They said that this was going to happen. And, and it's not that just like, and, and what's so crazy to me is someone could have so much control over someone who is seemingly so powerful so easily. Well, and and I and I want to I'm at I want to be at great pains to make this part clear too because I've been wrestling with this all week on on this and a variety of other issues. But Ginny Thomas is a smart, if not brilliant, woman. Yeah, and it is become increasingly apparent that. You can be a incredibly bright, in fact, in, in in every conceivable, in brilliant, successful, powerful, competent person, and somehow, and I don't honestly understand I don't how get this, yeah, not shielded from bullshit, not but, being able to fight against QAnon, which seems like the right. easiest thing to dismiss. I literally cannot make heads or tails of this. I can't understand how these things are all true, but I know that they're true because it is true that Ginny Thomas is a incredibly well-educated, far better educated than I am, far more successful, far more competent by any reasonable measure than I am. But she believes this crazy shit. Yeah. This, so like, there's like a part of me that is just baffled at how somehow education and experience and competency, none of this safeguards you against bullshit. Yeah. Shouldn't it? 
It feels why like doesn't it? it? Feels like it should be there should be some armor there. Right. But I also feel like she's motivated to believe all this stuff. She is a hundred percent motivated to believe it because it yeah. it makes her feel like she's right. It makes her feel like she's 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 in the right. It makes her whenever anything bad happens to the other side, it makes her feel justified. And those things are powerful. And it's more powerful than the armor of rationality or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, it's the thing is like it's got to be because all of these things are, in fact, it's happening. True, it's happening you know? in front of us. Did, did you watch, did, there's a documentary trending on Netflix. I don't know if you watched it, called Bad Vegan. Have you watched no, it? No, I haven't watched it. Do you, if, do you like true crime documentaries? Not really. I'm you would hate it then. It's yeah, a true it's crime not, documentary. Yeah, it's not. I thought it was really interesting. And if you've watched it out there, like I just, Haley and I just watched it, and there's a lot going on in it, but but it's kind of a similar note, which is what got me to thinking about it. What really struck me with this Jenny Thomas story is that, you know, there are people out there who are, by every measure, just wildly successful, wildly successful, incredibly well-educated, and just absolutely falling for the craziest stuff that when you say it out loud, you're like, how the fuck did you believe in this nonsense? Yeah. QAnon should, it, we've talked about this before, but it's so insane that saying it out loud should be disqualifying of its belief. Just say it out loud. Just say Scientology out loud. Though. Sure. I, I've, I, it's almost like these, these belief systems happen so incrementally that they're never said fully out loud. Sure. You don't recite the whole thing. Right. And I, I've been thinking about that. Like, like, should we recite back to ourselves the things we believe? Yeah, right. And yeah. then like and the then, skeptics creed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we were recently on Embrace the Void. Yeah. And he he was he was asking questions that were along this line, and I and I was like, should we to guard against this stuff? Should we, as a matter of like practical exercise, should we write down and say out loud back to ourselves some of the core things that we believe to be sure. true about the world? Because I guarantee, like, if I said out loud the Q stuff right back to me, I'd be like. Wait, wait. What did I or say? Or like, wait a minute. All the McDonald's are fifth dimensional McDonald's. Yeah. Maybe I just like quarter pounders, <laughs> you know? Anyway, so let's talk about Ginny here for a second. What do you think about this January 6th commission? They keep on bouncing into all these different things. In yep. specific, they're, they're bouncing into, they find out this stuff and now the public knows about all this stuff. They find out about a, hundred, a bunch of other stuff. This week just broke that yeah. there's been seven hours of blank nothing. Missing phone missing calls. Missing phone call. Things. And there's calls that were made. They were made, definitely made, but they're not on the thing, which is a breaking of laws. Every week I see a thing that says we're closer and closer and closer to Trump being charged and nothing is happening. It's so disheartening for me because it feels like... I'm heartened by that actually yeah. because I don't want them to rush. Yeah, I want the... Like what I want... I, I was thinking about this because I, I remember you brought this up before. Yeah. And I, I, what I want... and. Is, is two things. And one is I want the investigation to be full and complete and unimpeachably accurate. Yeah. And so, like, finding out suspicious stuff is suspicious and normal people are like, all right, that, but it, it's got to be perfect. Yeah. It's got to be perfect and it's got to be documented down to the fucking nth degree yeah. if we're going to move against these power brokers. The good thing is, is that it's not going to Congress anymore. 
right? So the good thing is, is that the moment you do something like this, and if you do hand it over to a criminal agency, then it's in their hands. It's in their hands. Yep. Now, granted, you only have a couple of years before another another president comes in, and I don't know if they have the power to look at an executive branch like the Justice Department and say, I need you to stop this thing. Yeah, I don't know either. I that think, might be a little shady. Shady right. as fuck if they do that. Right. But, you know, the plenty of stuff happens without anybody saying anything out loud. Plenty of stuff happens too that that because it's politically motivated, we give up the shadiness. Yeah, so right. you, if the Republican were in charge in 2024, they would say, all right, we're going to end this politically motivated witch hunt. Exactly. That's yeah. the language they would yeah, use. sure. Right, yeah. and they would just turn it off. Yeah. Part of me wonders if they are not going to do a good job and then break most of this right before November. So if I was a Q type person, right. And I was going to say there's, I was going to ascribe some kind of strategic arc to this. Yeah. I would subscribe a strategic arc that would break the majority of this in September, October, right before the November midterms. Right. But I don't actually think that that's the case. What I think is that all the people that are on that commission have taken this real seriously yeah. and they want to be sure to get it very, very right. And getting complicated things right takes time. And I hope, and also, you know, they're, they're subpoenaing people that aren't showing up. And yeah. so there's a yeah, lot there's of cock a lot, blocking. There's a lot, there is a lot of uh, like slowing down. Yeah. There is a lot of break. So, but I, I, you know, we, we just need to do whatever work is necessary yeah. to get closer to what's true. Yeah. Um, but I am anxious for it. I am anxious. I'm as anxious well. for it. I'm anxious. And I, and I, and it's, and it's, it sucks because. You know, we waited for a long time for the for the Mueller report, and that was that nothing happened with that. And then, yeah. you know, you could certainly point to certain parts of the government at a certain point, and especially Bill Barr as somebody who helped stifle the anything oh, that could have come out of that. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it, it's it's a difficult place to be in because you 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 can see these things like you said they're very sp suspicious, and you'd love to hear someone answer for it, but you can't. Yeah. Well, you know, it's amazing because it's sort of like. We've got this system. I was like, we've got Alex Jones. I was thinking about Alex Jones this week, and Alex Jones is kind of proof of this. We have this system that, to some degree, relies on a level of social legal cooperation. Yeah. And when you just flaunt that, yeah, when you just the system just doesn't disregard it, kind of doesn't yeah. know what to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, Alex Jones was supposed to appear in a deposition, and he just. Didn't, didn't go. But they they did charge him like $24,000 a day. They did. Yeah. Uh, but like, that's because there's a, there's like a, there's a system for that. Yeah. But in these like special congressional inquiries, they call people and up until now, now everybody shows up and now people are just thumbing their nose like, at No, I don't want to come. And then that puts everybody in this weird spot where it's like, well, what do you mean you're not going to testify before Congress? Fucking baseball players showed up to talk about whether or not yeah. they were fucking injecting steroids in their ass to hit more home runs. Oh, are you fucking kidding me? You're not going to show up? Yeah. I just don't know that we have like good mechanisms. I think it's always sort of been this handshake agreement. Yeah. And it's, and pretty soon people are like, fuck you. Eat a I, dick. What are you going to do? Yeah. And then the answer is nothing. I feel like 2016 to now has really strained that social yep. agreement. Yep. There needs to be just, there needs to be just different rules. Everything's got to have teeth. It's got to have teeth. It's yep. Everything's got to have teeth because if you don't, what's going to happen? And I feel like, you know, like we were talking about this for years while it was happening before. Yeah. And I feel like, 
you know, the first thing you do is say, no, we're going to change this so it has teeth in the future, yep. regardless of who it is. Everything used to have teeth because the tooth would be, it'll be a scandal that'll ruin your career. Yeah, it doesn't. And now it's like, it'll be a scandal that nobody listens to. That nobody to. cares about. Because nothing they, ruins they'll anyone's blame career. it on us and say it was Q or something. Right. Yeah. So we'd like to thank our patrons, but we can't because Ian didn't put them <laughs> in the notes. So I don't know who they are. Well, hold on. I, hey, if you're a patron, you know it in your heart. Yeah. And, and thank you. if you're a patron and you know it in your heart and you didn't get your name, tweet at Ian to tell him how bad oh, a person yeah. he is. That's a good idea. Genuinely how bad a person Ian is because you didn't get your name read out. <laughs> because here's the thing, guys. Like we did admittedly kind of throw Ian for a little curveball. And if he doesn't do everything in the right order in the right way, yep. then he forgets where he is. And he's got to get like picked up by the police. And he's, he's just one wheeling around in a circle. He's, just, he's just in his underwear. He doesn't know, he doesn't what's, know happening. what's happening. If you take anything out of his, out of his planned day. Do you so, think, do you think he's a really like regimented guy? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't either. That's, that's going to go in toaster shaking. So that's amazing. Oh, uh, we also want to thank, we want to thank, uh, Aaron from Embrace the Void. He had us on this last week to talk about the Grand Unified Theory of Bullshit. It was a very interesting interview. Um, very difficult interview, if I'm going to be real honest. Yeah, he, real, was, real he was coming at it. Difficult questions um, in a way that I hadn't thought about the book before or the or the mindset that we're trying to espouse in the book. So yeah. a, a great interview, really interesting, and you should check it out. It's on Embrace the Void. Uh, we'll be on there. It released this last Wednesday, so you can check it out. If you go to our Twitter page, I know we retweeted it, so you can check it out there. We'll put it on this week's show notes. We want to thank him for coming on, and we do plan on having Aaron on our show to talk about some social media stuff that he's been doing. His show is such an interesting collection of experts and people who are really in deep in sort of some really deep philosophical and theoretical places. And they're really interesting interviews. Yeah. And some of the stuff he did on social media recently with some of his guests has been really amazing. And so we're going to talk to him probably about some of that stuff coming up, not right away, but we're looking at uh, maybe getting him on back on the show again because he was such a fun guest when he talked about Monster Island and we're hoping to get him on again. Uh, but a really fun time. Yeah, and if you haven't checked out Embrace the Void, it, it really is a terrific show. You should be listening to it anyway. Yeah. So yeah. head on over there. Of course, listen to our interview. Yeah. It's the best thing he's ever done. Sure. But then hang out. Yeah, you know, hang, hang out, out, hang out for yeah. a little bit. And the second best thing he ever done was when we interviewed you alone. Oh so yeah, he check did that interview out. me alone a while. Check that out. About yeah, a year ago. So that's the second best. The rest of it is all underneath that. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's not as good. It's good trash. It's okay. <laughs> but, you know, we also didn't. Uh, if you're looking for a video this week, not only did we not stream, but we did not do a video this week for this week's show. This week's show was difficult because we had a guest on who we weren't really crazy about sharing their image. So we decided not to do any video at all. But next week, we plan on being back with both a video and a live, and stream. A live stream. And I have a special surprise for the live stream next week, oh. but I'm not telling anybody what it is. I have a very special surprise and you're going to want to show up for the special surprise live stream that we're going to have next week. Tom doesn't even know what it is, but I, I planned it out for today, but we couldn't do it today. But I have a whole plan for oh. something very interesting to happen. So come to our next live stream and it'll be a lot of fun. That's next Thursday night. 
That's 9 p.m. Central. And you can go there on Facebook, on Twitch, and on YouTube, and you can watch us live and you can chat with us. We're going to be chatting with people. So we see the chat. We get the cool thing about the chat is we can see the aggregated chat. So we look at the chat that comes from all three providers. That's right. Yeah. And so we can see you if you send us a message on, if you talk to any of those chats, you type in any of those chats, chances are we may see it if the chat is up while we're, you know, sometimes we're busy doing other things, but there is an opportunity for at least us to see it. And then you can also communicate with those small communities that are there as well. And very often, you know, the chat that's happening inside of the uh, of the video while we're talking is a different thing that's happening from what we're doing. And so there's yeah. a whole community thing that's going on along with watching it together. And there's a whole thing going on there. That's just, it's just- it's, People love it. Yeah, it's interesting and it's its own thing. So come check it out next week, 9 p.m. Central. I want to talk about a little bit of email that we got. Uh, we are, we got this message. This is, uh, we posted this oh to our our Twitter feed, but we're going to post it again on this week's show notes. Jordan Peterson just breaking into tears over how awful Antifa is. is and he's also, he feels, he feels like he's on the edge of a breakdown. Dude, he looks terrible. Like I, I actually feel a little, and I hesitate to say this, I feel a little concerned yeah, about him. Me too. I, honestly. Me too. And I just he doesn't listen, look well. Yeah, he really doesn't. Yeah. He really doesn't. And I will say too, I just this week listened to a two-part maintenance phase episode about Jordan Peterson. Yeah. And knowing a little more about who he is as a person makes me worry about him even more, yeah. even though I don't like him. Sure. Like I don't like him at all. And yeah. I don't like him more, but also like just from an empathy standpoint, sure. that man doesn't look like he's well. No, he does not. But check it out. It's on this week's show notes. Yep. We're also going to post a picture of so uh, Gary. Gary was spotted out in the world in what looks like the kids section. Uh, and he found a friend. And so we're going to post it on this week's show notes. We want to thank Elizabeth for sending that in. We got a message, Tom. This is from Steve about bourbon. Yeah. So as a Kentucky native who's been enjoying bourbon straight since I was 13, 13. I was smoking since I was 13. So. I wasn't drinking bourbon at 13. I can honestly say that in my own personal opinion, a $15 bottle of Ezra Brooks is the best bourbon you can get. We got to try we'll it. We'll try it. We, we got to try it. There's like four or five bourbons. We should just take a ride. Yeah. We'll zip to, over to Benny's. To Benny's and just go check it yep. out and see what we can find. We got a message from Paul. And I am pretty sure Paul is someone who I had a conversation with about science fiction books. Really? At QED. I don't know if it's the same Paul, but I did have a conversation with a gentleman at, at QED for, you know, maybe 20, 30 minutes while we were at QED, just talking yeah. about science fiction books. We had a blast just chatting about, it's fun to find other science sci-fi geeks. Yeah. So it's fun to just chit chat with them. And so I, I think it might be the same person, but he said, just to mention the Handmaid's Tale in episode uh, 622 in the books, race is a big thing. In fact, there are no black people in the books as they've all been sent to national homelands, possibly slave labor, though it's never made clear because they are the children of Ham and therefore cursed. I was only speaking, Paul, of the TV series, which I do not remember. I remember seeing black people. I don't remember that they were yeah. There's black handmaids necessarily in the pushed TV as a as a bad thing. I don't think. But I, I admittedly, I only watched the series. Yeah, I read The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, I did not. I think I got. I have the Testaments on Audible, and I think Haley and I started it, and I think we got a little sleepy and yeah. didn't finish it. Yeah. So yeah. Her but her I, other book though. The Oryx and Craig. Oryx and Craig is delight. That's Here. the one book. Don't yeah. read the other two. 
No. Don't read the other two, but Oryx and Crake is a fucking it's good so book. It's so good. Dude. And the way she writes that book, her prose yep. in that book- It's great. Is a, it's a beautiful it's book. Great. It's, it's a beautiful really great. book. Yeah. Yeah. Hard agree. Yeah. Because I, 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 you you recommended it. You've been recommending that book to me for years. Yeah. I yeah. mean, for years. Yeah. And I finally got to it maybe a year or two ago. And then I was I was all excited. I, I read, I listened to the first one. I was like, oh, it's so good. And I got the second one. I was like, oh, it's so bad. Fuck. It's so bad. It's so it's bad. Worst. It's way, and it's the second and third books Ugh. in that series. Terrible. But that book, if you like post-apocalyptic fiction, or, or uh, actually pre-apocalyptic awesome. in a way. Oh, I mean, it's kind of post-apocalyptic. I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's like it on the verge around. of, it's on the verge of apocalyptic for a lot of it because yeah. it's told in the past tense. I was going to say, it depends on where in the timeline yeah. you're at. But so, yeah. yeah, but if you like that kind of thing, apocalyptic so fiction, really good. Yep. Well, we got a couple of messages. This one's from Ethan. There's another one uh, where people are saying that we mentioned a person who is running for the California Secretary of State and we were both like, this woman's never going to win. There's no way she'll win. And they said, I'm a bit worried about you guys talking about this, just saying you she'll never win. She's the only person running, just letting you know. Well, I want to make sure that we're clarify here. She's the only person running for the Republican primary, right? Because... There's no way the California Secretary of State is a wide open race that, they're that not no fielding one else a Democrat? is that no one is fielding a Democrat for. If she's just running for the Republican primary and she's the only Republican primary, I'm it's still very comfortable. I'm still very comfortable, and it's and the reason why there's no other qualified candidates is because they don't think they can win the race. Right. It's they like, don't think yep. they have a chance, and that's why they put. That's why there was a Nazi in fucking the suburbs of Illinois because he just collected enough fucking people. Right. But there was no chance he was going to win. There no. was a literally the zero chance. Two like percent of the vote. Yeah, or he, some he crazy collected shit. some tiny percentage of the vote. So right. and he and he got just barely enough signatures. To even get on. So I just, I recognize what you're saying, but you're, but I, I don't think you're telling me, you can't be telling me the whole thing. There's no way she's running unopposed. There's no way the Democrats the whole, they in didn't California just give were just like, I don't, let's not run anyone. I don't believe that. Uh, Tom, yep. this is in response to your comments last week when we talked about, uh, we we're talking about COVID-19 and both of us were very depressed that the money that the government was paying for COVID-19 patients was going to go away. And you had said that one of the things that, you know, was was pretty important was that it felt like we were going in the right direction towards a universal health care plan in some way. Yeah, right? we were actually like taking care yeah. of people. And so we got an interesting message. This is from this is from a patron. So our patron says, regarding the end of funding for COVID patients, I'm an infectious disease specialist who's been working at my at my suburban hospital since the pandemic began. The federal funding for our mostly uninsured COVID patients had been a unique opportunity that we had not failed to take advantage of. So many of them have come in with other issues, heart disease, diabetes, arthritis, etc. It has been wonderful to be able to take care of them without worrying that we were medically bankrupting them. I'm just as dismayed as you that this benefit is going away, but I will take heart that during the howling deviation that has been the last two years, we managed to wring some good. What a out of great it. line! Yeah, very true. Good for you, though. You know, God. at least at least you get something, right? Well, I'm glad that's over. Wouldn't want to take care of people. <laughs> Fuck your heart disease, <laughs> Tom. We got a message from Josh, and Josh says the GOP candidate that's running for Secretary of State 
also claimed witches and Satanists were sacrificing animals in front of her house oh my and that her God. prayers led the death, to the death of a witch in her neighborhood. Oh, she no. wished someone to death, Tom. Did they have to go onto the cornfield? <laughs> <laughs> this lady shouldn't be able to run. Like she should be disqualified. Why is there no test for sanity? Terrifying, dude. God. Terrifying. Got a message from Matt and he sent a picture uh, and this is... Uh, of Katanji Brown Jackson and, uh, you know, a couple of people in Congress. And so we're just going <laughs> to leave it at that and post it on this week's show notes. Thank you, Matt, for sending it in. You know, a couple of things. First, I want to encourage people to rate our show on iTunes. If you haven't, if you've been listening for a while and you haven't rated in a while, go ahead and rate us on iTunes. You know, that helps our show get more visibility. Yep. And we'd really love it if you would give us a good rating on iTunes. If you think we're worth a five star, just hop on over there and give us a rating. Or, you know, if you happen to listen to us in another place, you know, if it's Stitcher, if it's something else, just yeah, stop. Wherever you listen. Yeah, wherever you listen, it. just stop and rate us if you can. We, we really very much appreciate that. We'd also love it if you would go to YouTube and be sure to subscribe there because we are posting our videos. At least we're going to try whenever we can. We're going to record these video podcasts and we'd love it if we could get more subscribers and more people to see that. And the best the best way to do that, of course, is for the people who, who are fans of the show to go and become subscribers so it pumps that subscriber count out. So when someone sees our video come across their screen, they say, oh, well, maybe they, oh, they seem to have a lot That's of subscribers. A That's a thing that someone, a lot of people seem to like. Maybe I will like right. it as well. And so it helps us get more visibility. And so we would very much appreciate it if you would do that. We'd also like to reach out to everybody who's read the book. We just wrote a book called The Grand Unified Theory of Bushlet. It's been doing really well on Amazon. But if you haven't bought the book yet, of course, we'd encourage you to go buy the book. And if you want to buy the audiobook read by Tom, that's a great way to do it. You can do that on our website. But we'd also love it if you if you did buy the book, just to go back to Amazon, because that's really the only place it's selling, and rate it, if you don't mind. Yeah, and that, thank you to all of yeah. you who have done that. Yeah, a lot of people have rated it, and it's been really helpful to us. But the more ratings, the better off that book's going to be, and the more people are going to see it, and the more people that don't listen to the show may pick that book up. So it's going to help us out. So the ratings are very important for us, and we do appreciate everybody who's done it, but we want to implore you, please... Go rate the stuff that you live. If it's the podcast that you haven't rated, please rate that. Go subscribe on YouTube or go rate the book if you bought the book. So thank you so much. If you please do that, we would very much appreciate it. Yeah. All right. So that's going to wrap it up for this week. Be sure to join us next week. Live stream, something really special planned. Um, we're going to catch you then, but we're going to leave uh -oh. you like we always did with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this.
The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you.